Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Randy Mitchell. Jesus said to his disciples, Ye are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Salt and Light confronts the difficult and often controversial issues that affect today's culture. The only hope for this generation is for more people to follow Jesus Christ and for his followers to be salt and light in their community. Pastor Randy will discuss the Bible solutions to help us know what God says about the problems we face today. Salt and Light is a ministry of Temple Baptist Church in Statesville, North Carolina. Here's your host, Pastor Randy Mitchell. Good morning and welcome to Salt and Light. What a joy it is to be with you here early this Tuesday morning. Very special guest with us this morning. All of our guests are special, but uh, I sure appreciate our guest here today, Pastor Jason Boger. He's pastor of Northmont Baptist Church right here in Statesville, North Carolina. Practically our neighbors, uh, not too far. You can, we can almost throw rocks at you, Brother Jason, from <laughs> Temple Baptist. Go out in the front lawn. Yeah. If I had a good arm, I might could do it. But uh, yeah, it's probably about a quarter of a mile away from us. And I know every time I drive by the intersection there on 115 uh, where CVS and Dollar Store <laughs> is, sometimes we see your folks out there. Uh, doing street ministry and holding up those gospel signs and uh, and and even because of that maybe because it's so close to the proximity of your church it seems like every time that I go through that intersection I think of you and I think of Northmont Baptist Church and most of the time if I'm not preoccupied I throw up a few prayers for you you know Lord bless <laughs> bless those dear folks over there and I have great appreciation for you brother we've done some things together our churches and some combined things and uh, always just felt a kindred spirit with you and with your people and uh, it, it's just been a real joy and it's a joy to have you here on the broadcast this morning uh, how you doing i'm doing well thank you I, I appreciate the second invite back so is this just t- just two yeah, it's just second time so man yeah. i thought it'd been three or four times no, that's just second time and uh what is wrong with me uh, nothing nothing that's fine <laughs> it's okay uh, but i i certainly appreciate you uh, having me and yes i like I said you you know we have uh really have uh, gotten closer to uh, I told my wife, I said, I wish we'd have done this a few years ago, uh, earlier. And uh, tell you. But uh, I've been enjoying it, enjoying the, the time that our churches have come together. And uh, uh, my people have certainly enjoyed it. I, I, I'm sure yours has as well. And, we have. Um, but, uh, and then the friendship that we've begun. And then, uh, so it's, it's been great. It's been good. So we've thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, so. it was, I felt bad the other night. We were, um, we were both at the... Uh, the couples conference yes. over at Eastside right. and of course my wife was not feeling well right. and so uh, anyhow I ended up getting there a few minutes late I waited for her to hopefully feel better and uh, yeah. didn't work out and so I really felt like a fish out of water <laughs> being there by myself at a couples conference and so it's like I tried to go around and say hey to everybody and right. but at yeah. the end it's like I'm, I'm getting out of here I'm tired of being uncomfortable so I felt bad I didn't really yeah. spend a whole lot of time fellowship um, I hope you didn't take that personally. no 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 not at all I, I would understand that I'd have been the same way like, <laughs> everybody's here with their wives yeah <laughs> I'm not yeah but that was some good stuff yeah. brother Wagner uh, you know he was on the broadcast yeah. last uh, Tuesday morning yeah. and uh, just did a fabulous job. Said some wonderful things right. that were helpful and practical, and I, I know I just soaked it up and enjoyed it so much. And uh, um, it, it was a blessing, and yeah. I, I look forward to hopefully having an ongoing friendship with him. Yeah, uh, yeah, perhaps maybe have him in for a conference at our church. I'm certainly praying about that. Right. Yeah. And uh, you know, I like when people you you go and hear some preaching or teaching. Mm-hmm. 
and it's helpful. Right. Sometimes it's hurtful. Yeah. Meaning oh, it yeah. doesn't harm you, <laughs> but it's like painful to yeah. look in the mirror and have to uh, make some changes and realize I was, you know, those magic words. I was wrong. R- <laughs> r- 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 wrong. Yeah. yeah, that's hard to say for. Oh, I'm. Uh, yes. Sometimes I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought he done a wonderful job and. You know, got me thinking. It talked about subjects that most people don't want to talk about. Yeah, and I thought it was great. And um, yeah, he talked a little bit about intimacy in yeah. a marriage relationship, but he was tactful about yes, it. Yes, he was. He didn't yes. go into a bunch of things that yeah. were, you know, awkward. Right. He just talked about uh, the reality of it from yeah. a scriptural standpoint, right. and just it's just certainly part of the married life and yeah. most people in this corrupt culture that we live uh-huh. in they they don't even have a clue right. what the meaningfulness and how that it can be something that's way way more wonderful right. than just the physical mm-hmm. and so anyhow uh, that was that was a great conference and uh, it yeah. was good to see you there and I'm sh- really really glad that you're here with us this morning now uh, we want to talk about something. Let's just start out with the topic that uh, you mentioned right before the broadcast that you wanted to bring to the table. And I'm not, listen, folks, I'm not saying this is his topic. I, I We talked about this. This is a little bit kind of, I don't know if it's controversial or if it's just awkward. I think it's awkward. I think it's awkward to talk about this. And uh, some of you are like, what, what is he getting ready? Yeah, I know. Going from, <laughs> going from uh, intimacy being talked at a uh, preaching conference and uh, now yeah. it's, you know, this has nothing to do with that kind of awkwardness, but right. uh, rather more of a kind of ministerial awkwardness. And that is, um, listeners, you've all um, heard of or sadly maybe even been part of church splits. And uh, churches have split from time to time. Um, sometimes it's a necessary thing. But, you know, Brother Boger, my experience and observation is probably nine out of ten church splits don't split for the right reason. Correct. It's not because of doctrinal error. Right. It's not because of, you know, moral issues mm-hmm. and so forth. Uh, usually it's because uh, somebody uh, didn't get their way and yeah. they got offended or upset. Yep. And so they left and decided, let's just take everybody with us. And I know that God leads. I, I've, de- I've figured out, Brother Boger, and I know you probably have as well. You're probably way smarter than I am and figured it out a whole lot quicker. But I figured out that I am not, uh, I'm not the pastor for everyone. I, exactly. you know, some people yep. come to my church and uh, they, they, they love my approach to ministry, how I you know, how I preach, how I pastor. Others don't. Mm -hmm. And here I am. I'm from Idaho. I mean, I'm a different culture and I speak different. I approach it different. You're, you're a Southerner, right? Sometimes I envy that because it's like you, you've got the, you're able to communicate it in a way that the people around here, the way that they talk and so forth. And it's like, wow, I mean, sometimes I just envy that. But at the end of the day, we are who we are. That's right. And uh, I can't be everybody's pastor. You can't be everybody's mm-hmm. pastor. And I had to learn how to um, try to not take that personal. Mm-hmm. And it's so easy. And yeah. what, what's your experience along those lines? I, I mean, I, I'm the same way. I, I, I understand that. Um, I, I, like you said, I am, I am from around this area. I am from the South. Um, you, all ha- you have different styles. Uh, there's all kinds of different styles of preaching, all kinds of different approaches to uh, the ministry and um, 
you know, like you said, most of the time when, when things happen, uh, it's for the wrong reasons. Uh, and mm-hmm. I don't think that's the way God intended for local assemblies to begin. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, they were sent out uh, from that so that they could begin a work in an area that did not have the gospel. That's right. We have no example of any of this happening in the scripture. And so we got a break coming up here, folks. We're going to talk more about this. Stay tuned. Uh, It's going to get good. Welcome back. I'm here with Pastor Jason Boger, pastor of Northmont Baptist Church here in Statesville. Pastor Boger, a great start in the first um, first segment this morning, talking about uh, churches and church splits. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. This past Sunday night, I was in 1 Timothy chapter 3 and uh, talks about uh, God's expectations of bishops and deacons. And, uh, you know, I, I got to the, about the second verse. <laughs> it just There's so much there, and especially mm-hmm. from a pastor's standpoint. And I told the people, I said, well, maybe I'll get done with this chapter in the next three months. I don't know. I just, you know, I just kind of, when I'm teaching, I don't have a, a, a goal in mind. I just start teaching and see where the Lord leads us. But one of the things that I said to our congregation that I think is true is that uh, so often when a church is looking for a pastor, the First Timothy 3 expectations, and, and I prefer to call them expectations rather than qualifications, and uh, I don't have time to go into all of that, but uh, the expectations of First Timothy 3 for a pastor to be effective very often are the last things that people are looking at. They're looking at preaching style. Do I like his preaching? Do I like his personality? Do I like his family? And, you know, uh, all of those things that I'm not saying that those things don't have value. I'm just saying that those are not the things that are going to give longevity and stability in a local church. It's the substance. It's the foundation that matters. And the end of the chapter talks about the uh, pillar and ground of the truth. And there needs to be stability in churches. But we're living in a very unstable world. And you see a lot of churches splitting and a lot of churches that are dying. And it concerns me. And uh, it's, it's a sad thing when you see a church that's just dwindling and dwindling. Sadly, churches that believe like your church and my church well, we've seen that dwindle over the years, and, and sadly, it's a lot of time it's because people are flocking to these liberal churches, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that those, these liberal churches who are, uh, you know, getting worldly and all about entertainment, telling, you know, churches that never, ever rebuke sin, never mm-hmm. preach the whole counsel of God, they're sugar stick churches. Right. I call them cherry pickers. They just, right. you know, uh, they... they um, they just give all of the sweet stuff and the palatable stuff. They give people what they want, but that's not a biblical ministry. Right. Those who are doing it biblically are often seeing a decline. That's not what people want. Mm-hmm. And because of that, we're living in a day and age where there's a lot of confusion. Yeah. Not controversy. Maybe there is some controversy. You mentioned that you've seen some stuff on social media mm-hmm. about church splits and church mergers. Yeah. And so what, what are people saying about this? Well, I mean... To me, in, in an area like this, I mean, we, I don't know, maybe you know how many 
different Baptist churches we have, just just Baptist, not just churches alone. I did a count when I first moved here, uh-huh. all right? And w- back when we had Yellow Pages, yeah. most people now don't even know what Yellow Pages uh-huh. are. It's a phone book and all the businesses <laughs> under Baptist churches it, within a, say, a 15-minute circumference of states will write here, 115 Baptist churches. Okay, so now, coming from Idaho, that's I'm, I'm just like, my head's spinning. I, you've got to be kidding me. I, yeah, and I, I don't remember. Maybe last Y'all have time. more Baptist churches here than we had coffee shops yeah. in, in the Boise, <laughs> Idaho area. <laughs> I know. it's. Uh, I, I've always picked with uh, my church when I first pastored over here. And I think I said this the last time we was on, but uh, when I first started over here, I just started driving and trying to get the lay of the land, where everything's at, just knowing what different street names and where they go, where they And I always thought it was comical for a little bit that every other road was either a farm road or a Baptist or a church road. Yeah. Not take a Baptist, but a church road. Yeah. So, you know, and like you said, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of opinions out there. Um, a lot of people have very strong opinions. Um, my biggest issue with, with what people are saying is that if there's a church that is like you say, is struggling is beginning to decline uh, for whatever reason, uh, you know, the the age range is, you know, the older ones are are, are what's keeping it going. Uh, there's not any youthful or young in there that's, you know, helping with that. For whatever reason it may be, uh, and this congregation decides, you know, it's we need to make a tough decision. Um, and they begin to look at joining or merging with another congregation. Um, so a lot of people are upset about that or, or just have very strong opinion is, well, you know, you need to do all you can do to keep the doors open. We got to, you know, we got to, we can't let that building or church fall into Satan's hands and, you know, all kinds of reasoning. Right. Um, I think what people has forgot that the church is not the building, it's, it's us. Mm-hmm. It's those that are saved and and those that are in Christ, and and that's the church. And you know, like you said, you said there was a hundred and fifteen, hundred twenty churches just within the fifteen miles. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, maybe at a time that was needful, but you know, if you begin to look or see, you know, you see several congregations that are in the same boat if mm-hmm. I could put it with like that mm-hmm. um, and maybe it's time we we took a hard look and said you know what we can do more together than we're doing separate yeah um, and and I, I think that's 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 a good thing I don't think that should be a bad thing or looked upon as somebody giving up um, yeah. I, you know because you know as well as I do the the more soldiers you have in the fight, you know, the better off you're going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not going to wear out those small handful that are that are fighting and and becoming tired. Right. Um, you know, it gives an opportunity to give them a breath of fresh air and and someone joining in with them and helping each other out, lifting each other up. Well, I mean, that's what we're supposed to be doing, right? Right. We're supposed to be edifying one another. We're supposed to be helping one another, praying for one another, mm-hmm. um, bearing one another's burdens. According to Galatians chapter six, and and right. you know, if you only have got a small handful, you know, you start bearing each other's burdens. 
that that, that can become a very heavy weight. Right. Um, and so I, I think, I, you know, and it may not be the right thing in every area. Um, like you said, and you know, you're you're from a different part. I mean, you are you're not a southerner. Yeah, mm-hmm. you you come from a place that don't have that doesn't have a Baptist church on every corner, mm-hmm. and you know this is coming from a Baptist preacher. That's 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 what I that's the church I pastor. Yeah, um, and like I said, we are so close together. Um, I, I don't know. It just it's just something I've been noticing a lot lately. Um, you know, brother. Sometimes coming from a different area. There's strengths and weaknesses in mm-hmm. that. You know, I come from a different area, and there's cultural things that I don't understand right. because I didn't grow up with it. But there's also that p- potential that somebody from a different area may see things a little more clearly because they're not caught up in the heritage and the, the sentimental value. Right. No doubt that church ought to be something that has a heritage value and a sentimental value. Right. It's family. It's yeah. me. It's been. It's meant something to our families, but and that's good. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that. But the problem is, is when that becomes the driving force in keeping the doors open. Right. Like you said, now the church has become in somebody's mind a building and a name, and they've lost track that it's the body of Christ. It's God's church. Right. It's God's people, and a church is a gathering mm-hmm. of God's people with a pastor. You know, that's really the biblical definition. I read in the New Testament, I don't find anywhere where I see a city where God, a letter from any uh, apostle is written to a church in a city where it talks about churches, plural. You find the churches of Galatia, but Galatia was not a city, it was a region. And right. so I, I, I believe that it was God's will for there to be one congregation in each geographical local location. Uh, that's God's will. Mm-hmm. And so we've got some of the, the body has become, the Bible uses the term schism. That's right. a, that's yep. a division. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's just like if my body, if different parts of my body are not working together, then my, I can still do certain functions. Right but I'm not going to be able to do everything that uh, a healthy body would be capable. And that's what we're seeing in our Christian culture in this area. It's just there's so many little churches that uh, are struggling, and uh, I, I want God to bless all of them. Right. Oh, yeah. But the fact of the matter is, is we're just, it's God's got to do it. Yeah. And at some point we've got to face the fact, hey, is God in this, or is mm-hmm. this just something that we're, we're fighting right. against forces that uh, God's not, uh, not yeah. interested in, in helping in right. these things? And, you know, to, to just let everybody know a little bit of history, you know, at one time that was necessary. Um, if, if you look back at the history of, of a lot of churches in this area, they could trace back the history to Sandy Creek Baptist Church. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that being said, it was necessary. They, they uh, began to uh, build the, the family, they began to build the church, the assembly, uh, and realize now, now it's time to be sending men out and families out to begin works. And it wasn't just five minutes down the road. Right. I mean, we're talking, they're sending out to different areas, different regions. 
that um, didn't have a gospel witness right. or a local it, church. Yeah, it's like uh, so. Shubal Stearns, pastor there at Sandy Creek. Abraham Marshall was part of his congregation. He leaves out and he goes to South Carolina and starts a church. Mm-hmm. So you know, and for those that don't know, Sandy Creek's in Liberty, North Carolina. So that's where that's at. But um, you know, that was a need. Mm-hmm. Well, we have sort of distorted that, and mm-hmm. like I said. Now we're where we're at now, 115 churches, maybe more now Yeah. Um, within a 15-mile radius. Well, you have that. There's nothing wrong with that, with, you know, sending people out because there's yeah. a need right. geographically there. And then also, folks, sometimes a church has started. Our church was started because Brother Wilson, back in the early 60s, the, the church that he was part of, they were adopting some uh, philosophies and oh, doctrines yeah. and beliefs that weren't right. right. And there was no hope in rescuing that, so they moved on, and that's certainly justified. Uh, Stay tuned till uh, after the break. We're going to talk more about this, folks. Welcome back. Uh, I'm here with Pastor Jason Boger. We've been talking about something that is, uh, as we've already mentioned, I wouldn't say it could be controversial, but certainly a confusing topic. Certainly one I have to say, Brother Boger, you provoked me this morning, uh, but not in a bad way, but in a good way. Uh, you provoked me to think, and how do I communicate to people? There's plenty of people listening out there that you know, this isn't even of any interest to them, but maybe they drive by all these, why are there so many churches? You know, the world out there that's not either not saved or doesn't have any church background, they drive by all these different churches with different names and different denominations, and they they don't know what's going on with that. And so uh, oftentimes a church will kind of separate, not split, but they will separate in order to reach a part of a community that hasn't been reached before. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in the day, it used to be that people, uh, people couldn't just drive 10 minutes to right. anywhere in the county. You know, it's a very small, things have changed, Brother oh, yeah. oh, sure. And we're living in a time where you don't necessarily, there's really not a need geographically. The neighborhood church, right. hardly anybody goes to my church that lives in my neighborhood. You know, I'm serious. I, know. I mean, I got people that, <laughs> my, my, you know, one of my, uh, one of my deacons and just a really a backbone member of my church drives all the way from Moxville. Yeah. Uh, we've got a family that, um, uh, live the other side of Elkin that are still part of our church. Right. Yeah. And so it's We're not as way. local yeah. as it used to be. Yeah. And so things have changed. Times have changed the the just the world that we live in. And so sometimes we've got to step back and the best way I believe that we can do that is to just kind of set our sentiment and our heritage aside and look at the scripture. Right. As I mentioned before the break uh, in the scripture you don't find uh, churches on every corner in Philippi or in in uh, Ephesus and so forth. Uh, Paul's writing to one body of mm-hmm. believers, and you know, with all of these schisms and different churches, I know church discipline, which is a very scriptural principle. It's really not even it's not effective mm-hmm. anymore because if somebody does wrong and they won't repent, 
and you, you deal with it according to what the scripture says you're supposed to deal with it, mm. very seldom do you ever see that person restored. Yeah. And that was the purpose of church discipline, was to restore the person, Great. get them right with God, that accountability. Yes. You don't see that happening because they just leave and go to another church. Right. And that's, because, yeah, it, that's a negative aspect of it. Right, I'm sorry. You know, I've, I've sort of put this towards you know, if you don't like the flavor that you're eating or, or licking, you, you you can find another one. And that I think that's one of the biggest problems we have. Salad bar Christianity Salad, is yes. what I call it. Yeah. You just pick and choose what pick you want choose if you don't you want, want it. Yeah. yeah, and then throw it away or just don't pick it. Um, and, and I don't want everyone to think, well, he just wants to start a mega church. That's not what I'm talking about. I, You know, I, I see all these different churches and and we're to go and tell that's that's what we're to do that that's our you know, great commission that that's what god is is wanting us to do we're to tell people about jesus <clears throat> and you know and not keep it just with inside the walls of our building we we've got to go outside of those walls and and you know to me um with all the churches we have, I don't see how there's anybody lost in Statesville. But I think we we wanting to, with our own ideals and our own people, and and I'm, I'm reminded of Church of Corneth, and one of the biggest problems the Church of Corneth had, they were selfish, mm-hmm. um, and it came from carnality; they were carnal, mm-hmm. um, and they they become very very selfish. Um, and and I, I'm just I'm thinking that at this time it, we we've got to get out of that selfishness. We've got to yeah. let go of well, this is the place that my grandpa built, or whatever it may be, and and realize that the most important thing right now, because I know you believe this, at any moment the Lord's coming back. Amen. And you know, I don't want us to forget that. I, I I want us to be busy, and that's what I tell my folks all the time. We we're not out here to promote Northmont Baptist Church. We're out here to tell people about Jesus. Yeah. Um, if we're standing on that corner and nobody knows where we go, it doesn't bother me at all. Yeah. Um, I want people to see with those signs and hear with our with what we're saying that. Jesus Christ is the most important thing. And, you know, I, I, that's what I hope comes from all of this, is that the laborers are certainly few. Well, you know what's interesting, Pastor Boger, is that, like I said, I came here from Idaho 16 years ago uh, and just seeing a Baptist church on every corner practically. I've lived here for 16 years, and here it's been a couple of weeks ago, this uh, Filipino guy in Costco. I'm going to have him in my church here in a few months, but uh, I was leaving and he witnessed to me. I mean, and it was a sweet, you know, yeah. have you heard the good news? Jesus right. died on the cross for you. It was just precious. Right. And it hit me in 16 years. That's the second time I've been witnessed to. I've not had anybody hand me a gospel track or try to witness to me anywhere. Uh, something's missing there. Church has yeah. obviously become more about heritage and nostalgia 
and sentiment than actually carrying out the Great Commission. You right. mentioned, uh, you know, the, the idea of churches merging. Uh, you know, people say, well, what's your motive there? You want to have a larger church <laughs> and a mega church. Listen, I've been part of large churches, yeah. and uh, I don't desire that. I don't want a large church. I want an effective right, church. Right. I want a church, and that's what I pray for. Right. When I pray for our <clears throat> church, it's like, Lord, help us to be a dynamic influence mm -hmm. in this community. When I say dynamic, meaning that we're actually being effective. Right. We're doing something. People are aware that, hey, here's a church that's actually following the Bible. They may like that. They may hate that. Yeah. But at least we're being dynamic. We're right. being salt and light. You right. know, salt and light in this radio broadcast, the, the, the idea of naming it that right. was not anything to be clever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's nothing clever about it. It's right. just getting back. This is what the Bible says right. we're supposed to be mm -hmm. and do. And so... Uh, if churches would be more salt and light rather than just nostalgia and, you know, Jesus said where two or three are gathered together in my name. You know, if you got a church that they're just gathering because they got to keep the doors open and we just don't want to quit and we don't, we don't want the devil to get this building, etc., <laughs> then they're not gathering right. in the name of Jesus. In the book of Revelation, the Bible talks about different churches mm -hmm. that there was a candlestick, there's a light in heaven. And sometimes, for whatever reason, God will put out that candlestick. And if Jesus isn't present, then there is nothing, humanly speaking, you're never going to get a hired gun pastor with charisma that's going to be good enough or right. in order to you know, get that thing going if God's not in it. Right. And sometimes you just got to say, well, if God's not in it, yeah. I don't want to be part of it. I've had times where I struggled in the ministry where I thought God's done with me. Right. I got discouraged. Nothing's going on here. And I got discouraged. And, you know, I had to finally say to God, look, if you're in this, great. But if you're not, then move me on down yeah, the road. Let me, I want to be part of something that <laughs> right. you're part of. Right. Rather right. than try to get you be part of something that I'm part. Of. You know, it's right. just it's it seems so minute in the way you word that, but what a drastic difference well, between yeah. saying, God, we want to be doing what you're involved in Correct. rather than trying to get him involved in what we're doing. Yeah, and I've, I've told my people a lot here lately is that we have a bad habit of creating our own God. And what I mean by that is that we're not, we are telling our God that we've created hey, this is what I want you to be okay with so we can justify what we do instead of actually doing what the God of this Bible tells us to do. Right. And I think that's where we've gotten to is that we've become so selfish in our ways and our thoughts that we've created our own God and not doing it, maybe, maybe, maybe not even realize what we're doing, but we've created our own God and that God is okay with what we're doing and how we're doing it because we've told him to, mm -hmm. and and so, uh, you know, I, I think there's a lot of, a lot of things. Uh, uh, th this could be discussed for days and days. I, I don't know. I'm not saying that me or you either well, would have an a, answer. There's not a definitive answer. There's not. Yeah. Uh, I don't have the answers. I don't have a solution. I, I wish I did. I I would pray. I pray the Lord just hey just slap me in the face with it. Um, so there's no doubt this is this is your solution. This is what you want. But I just want to. Sort of get people thinking. I mean, that's that's what we're to do, right? As preachers, we're, we're to provoke people to think, to 
to get into the Word of God and study it more. Oh, I like what he said about that. I want to see what the rest of the Bible says about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's that's my my intentions when I preach. I want to provoke people to get more into His Word on with on their own and study out. You know, hey, I, I mean, that's that really got me thinking. And so. Um, that that's what we should be doing, and and not thinking about what we want, but was thinking what what God wants yeah. us to do. So. Well, and a lot of times churches, and and I I I mentioned this in the break is sometimes we think that church is all about a feeling, an emotional mm-hmm. experience. How did I feel when I went to church? Did that preacher? Did that? And that's why so many churches have turned mm-hmm. to more music than right. preaching and that's the emphasis because right. music is an emotional thing yep. preaching can be hey, yes sir it but can be. you know if you just go for a feeling and you don't learn the doctrine and you, yeah. you're not really looking and and digging in the scripture as to what does god want yeah. we're going to miss it every time right and what happens is when uh, we make a little compromise here and it produces the desired emotional result, mm-hmm. okay, great, then God must be in it. And I'm saying that tongue in cheek. Yeah. But what happens is eventually that methodology quits producing the emotional reaction. And so you got to take it to the next level and then the next level. And there, all the way back on the shore, you can barely see it, is God and the Bible. And churches have departed. We need to get back to that, folks. Stay tuned for our last segment. Corinthians chapter 16 and verse number 9 says, For a great door and effectual is opened unto me, and there are many adversaries. The Apostle Paul said that, and uh, we're here with Pastor Jason Boger. We've been talking about the concept of churches and Christians merging into one church, some of the problems that we deal with, and just the confusion that has become the modern church. And, you know, churches on every corner you got churches that are struggling, just uh, everything they can do just to keep the doors open, just to keep a pastor and, you know, the financial burdens, the, the burdens of the ministry of what church is supposed to be all about. And Paul here said, there's a great door and effectual open unto me. And what he's talking about, a door in the scripture is an opportunity. And the term effectual has to do with producing a desired effect. And uh, Paul said that whenever there is a door of opportunity to make a difference, to have an effect, there's going to be many adversaries. Pastor Boger, we've been talking about something, and I, I am just thrilled that you, that you chose. This is one of those things. I'm glad you chose the topic because this has been on my heart for several years as I look around our Christian community uh, you know, Baptist churches, we're Baptists, and I, I think probably the same concept would carry over into other gospel preaching um, yeah. types of churches, regardless of the label or the flavor. Right. Uh, God's people are God's people. Right. And a person that's a born-again believer who's saved and is in Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter if they're Baptist or Methodist or Presbyterian or whatever the case may be. The name of the church you go to has nothing to do with your salvation. Our salvation is dependent upon the shed blood of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary, plus nothing, minus nothing. 
But whenever there is an opportunity, there's going to be adversaries. And I believe that one of the adversaries that we have seen in our lifetime and in our community is the division. And it doesn't mean that there are doctrinal divisions. Many of these churches that are all within a five-minute drive uh, as far as what they believe, what they practice, you know, their convictions and everything, practically identical in every area that truly matters. And yet uh, Satan has managed to spread the troops so thin, so to speak, that we're not able to advance, we're not able to make any difference. And so you got a lot of Christians that uh, just like in World War II, they're in Bastogne, they're just trying to hold the line in a foxhole while the devil's just shelling us in spiritual warfare. And certainly Satan is our adversary. And when Satan can cause harm to the cause of Christ by producing division, and he is a master at it, then he's going to weaken God's effectiveness, the effectiveness of the gospel in a community, and he's the only one that wins in all of that. Yeah, you. it's interesting that you chose 1 Corinthians 16. That's what I'm preaching through the book of Corinthians on Sundays. Um, and what I've noticed is, you know, the church of Corinth is really here at the same place that we are now as the body of Christ. And... Um, and many local assemblies could certainly, uh, we look, look at the Church of Corinth and see what's going on. And, and one of the adversaries that Paul talks about is, is not necessarily Satan or spiritual wickedness or because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. So I told my church Sunday this. I said, we don't, if we wrestled against flesh and blood, I would just wipe all that out and I wouldn't have nobody to fight against. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's what nations do. They, one nation don't like another. They just wipe that nation out, and they don't have to deal with them no more. Yeah, somebody gives me a problem. We don't yeah. fix the problem. We just get the, get, right. deal with the exactly. person. Exactly, right. Yeah. That, that's flesh and blood. Yeah. But what we can't, what we're not going to destroy until the, the peace speaker comes back, and that's Jesus Christ, is we're not going to destroy spiritual wickedness. We're not going to destroy evil. We're not going to, uh, you know, wipe out. I'm gonna say this carefully: sin, because obviously sin is still abounding. Mm-hmm. Um, but thank God, grace much more abounds. But uh, you know, this this church at Corinth, one of the adversaries that I believe Paul was speaking of was them. Um, you know, he he wanted the that door that that opened to have an effect. He want he wanted to be effect, but. This church was holding him back because of their selfishness, their carnality, um, where they were at in their spiritual walk. Um, and and I think that's one of the adversaries a lot of times when we uh, try to, we want to blame the world, we want to blame Satan a lot. But I, I feel like a lot of times we're the adversary. We're the ones getting in the way. Right. Um, and and I, I just don't know that, that's what God, I know that's not what God wants, but, um, you know, we can't always blame Satan for everything. We can't always blame the world for everything. A lot, sometimes we've got to look at ourselves, mm-hmm. and, and I think that's what the, the book of Corinthians is showing us, and I believe that's certainly what God is showing that church and showing all of us. He says, y'all need to look at yourself. He says, you're not growing, 
and no one wants to listen to you because guess what? Everybody knows what's going on. Right. And they know it's not right. Right. <laughs> they they lost their credibility. Yes. And that's what I see in today's culture, Pastor Boger, is that the, the Christian church, uh, Christians and their witness, you know, it used to be you could preach a gospel message and uh, more people would walk the aisle and get saved, mm -hmm. and you didn't have to emotionally manipulate them right. to do that. You just preach a simple gospel message. Mm -hmm. The power of the Lord would bless it, and the reason that people it was more effective, more effectual in the past is because there was more credibility to churches. Right. But we have lost that credibility, and I believe that this topic today yeah. is certainly up there in the t upper echelon of reasons why we have lost our credibility. Right. And you said it's not always the devil. That's why Paul said that this great door and effectual is open unto me. There are many adversaries, many adversaries. Oftentimes, people become the adversary. Mm -hmm. And then the devil, I mean, the Bible says clearly that uh, our adversary, the devil, like a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. God gives us a very simple formula on how to deal with that adversary. He says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Yeah. Well, we can resist him all we want, but if we don't submit to God, the way we submit to God is by submitting to what the Word of God says. Right. And that's where nothing wrong with heritage and nostalgia and all of that, but if it ever gets to the point where it is contradicting or not complementing the principles of God's Word, we've got to walk away from that and follow the Scripture. Right. Until we submit to God, there is no resisting the devil. And the devil will align himself with our fleshly nature, right. with our carnality. He'll provoke our carnality, mm -hmm. and our carnality right. will give him a, a, an avenue, a, a means to right. work in a congregation. Yeah. And so, yeah, there are many adversaries, and oftentimes, sometimes we're our biggest adversary. Yes, Paul talked about those who oppose themselves, <laughs> and uh, sometimes we certainly get in our way. We've got a few minutes left here, yeah. Brother Bogru. Any last thoughts? Well, I mean, it's, we're in this 1 Corinthians 16, and, you know, we talk about what the church should be doing. What what What's our role in all this? Where Where's our what should we be doing while we're in this world? But I noticed that in this, that right after the verse, verse 9, it says, verse 10, now, if Timotheus comes, see that he may be with you without fear. Mm -hmm. well, I mean, what would Timothy have to fear? You know, I mean, Timothy, because he says, he for he worketh the work of the Lord, as I also do. Um, you know, in all reality, if the church was where it, where it should have been and where where it needs to be, would Paul have had to ascend Timotheus to, to handle them, to take care of them? I mean, really, there should have been somebody ready mm -hmm. at Corneth. Um, and, and so I, I think, you know, that we need to really get out of our own way um, and, and quit, uh, you know, having the mindset that, you know, well, you know, nothing's going to succeed without me. Yeah. Listen, God's been getting the message out there for a very, very long time. Right. Um, I just think we need to realize that he wants to use us. He wants us to be his vessels of honor and not dishonor and have and get back to where the integrity of the church should be and where the community respects the body 
the church, I guess. Is that a good word? Maybe not. But you know, I just that's where we need to be. And we, we need to, again, the adversary is us a yeah. lot of times and just get ourselves out of the way. Yeah, we need people to respect the God's church. But the way that we get that is by being credible. Right. We can't control what people think of us. And the devil's always going to be an <laughs> yeah. adversary. But we can certainly be respectful. And one of the main things that Paul told the church at Corinth that was a demonstration of their carnality was that they had divisions. He said, some of you say, I'm of Paul, I'm of Apollos, yep. I'm of Cephas. They were following men and they were they had their guru and we have this little thing that's uh, special about us and God, and Paul says, you're, you're really ruining your effectiveness for what God wants you to do. Folks, it's been good to be with you here today. We trust that you have a great day today. God bless you. Hope to see you next Tuesday. We appreciate you taking the time to join us at Salt and Light. It is our desire that you experience the joy of following Jesus Christ. He loves you and he died on the cross for your sins. He will give you hope, peace, and eternal life if you will repent of your sins and trust him as your savior. You may see yourself as a good person, but you will never be good enough to deserve heaven. You may see yourself as bad, but you can never be too bad for Jesus to forgive you. You can call upon him to save you this very moment. If you are a born again Christian, we wanna encourage you to obey Christ's command and be salt and light to those around you. We encourage you to find a Bible-believing church that does not compromise or water down the Bible and get involved serving the Lord. If you have a Bible question or a particular issue you would like us to discuss on Salt and Light, Visit our website at templebaptistnc.com. Click on the salt and light link. Once again, that's templebaptistnc.com. May the Lord bless you. We hope you'll join us again next week. Serving you better than ever before. 105.9, 100.7, WSIC, Statesville, Morrisville, North Charlotte.